ومن أحسن قولا ممن دعا إلى الله وعمل صالحا وقال إنني من المسلمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي Brothers and sisters, my name is Sayyid Salahuddin Ahmed. I'm a doctor of oriental medicine. I've been in clinical practice for over 17 years now. Today I'm very honored uh, to be able to address you regarding the topic of how to maximize the health benefits of fasting in Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, we have reached already the 12th day of Ramadan. May Allah give us all the ability uh, to maximize the benefits of this month in the remaining days, inshallah. Uh, and may Allah accept all of our sincere worship uh, during this month. So brothers and sisters, you know, we have all been hearing about the spiritual benefits of Ramadan for many years, if not our whole lifetime, and rightly so. Uh, but today I'm going to be speaking about a subject which is more neglected, which is the topic of health benefits of fasting. So uh, before we can understand how to maximize the health benefits of fasting, we first need to have an idea of what some of these health benefits are. So I'll try to summarize a few of those, inshallah. Now it is uh, very interesting and important to note that in the society we live in, uh, among non-Muslims, there is a great deal of interest in the last few years uh, in the topic of what they call intermittent fasting. Some of you may also be hearing buzzwords like ketogenic diet, intermittent fasting being thrown around a lot in the media. There are literally hundreds of different articles and books on this particular subject now. So it is quite amazing that uh, the interest has really grown in this particular area. Just to give you a couple of relevant examples, there's a book called The 5 colon 2 Diet written by a doctor named Michael Mosley regarding intermittent fasting. There's another book called The 8-Hour Diet. I wanted to mention The 5 colon 2 Diet book not only because it's very popular, but the author, Dr. Michael Mosley, mentions in the introduction of his book the reason why he calls it that particular title. And, you know, alhamdulillah, he acknowledged the Prophet in his book because he said he was having a lot of time, a difficult time in losing weight. And he read about how the Prophet used to fast two days out of the week. So he decided to try it. And, and granted, he's a non-Muslim, but he did it. He did it for many weeks consistently. And alhamdulillah, he lost 19 pounds. Uh, just a, a quick example. Another example is this eight-hour diet book. They mention a very important study regarding intermittent fasting in this book where there were two groups of people. Uh, these two groups of people ate essentially the same foods, uh, but one group ate everything they were going to eat uh, within an eight-hour window. The other group ate everything they were going to eat over a 16-hour period, which is what most common people do with a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The interesting thing is they found that the group that ate everything within an eight-hour window was healthier in every respect. Uh, so again, that 
led to a lot of interest in intermittent fasting. And then, like I said, there's a lot of research on it now. But uh, let me try to summarize some of the benefits of fasting. Uh, let, let me go to the first slide. And uh, on this particular slide, the first benefit that I mentioned is the fact that fasting accelerates healing and cellular repair. During a fast, keep in mind that when we're not eating, our energy is being diverted away from the digestive system and it's directed towards the immune system and towards healing. That is why, brothers and sisters, for example, if you think about a wounded animal, a wounded animal usually does not eat for a while because they know that it will accelerate healing. Similarly, when we get sick with an infection or a virus or bacterial infection, we also lose our appetite. And part of the wisdom in that is that it accelerates the healing and recovery from the sickness. Fasting also induces a very important process called autophagy that I've mentioned on the slide. And this is the process whereby your body eliminates old and uh, damaged or dysfunctional parts of the cell and replaces them with new cells. So think of this in very simple terms as a type of spring cleaning or uh, a type of recycling that goes on in your body. And it turns out that this process of autophagy is very important for preventing cancer, uh, as well as many uh, neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So this is very important. A second very important, well-researched benefit of fasting pertains to weight loss. You know, who wouldn't want to lose a few pounds? Most of us do. Uh, it can also benefit diabetes, which I'll get into in a, a few minutes. The problem is, as you can guess, you know, most Muslims don't get the full benefit of the weight loss because we make bad decisions sometimes uh, with respect to what we eat or we overeat. But we should know that in the research on it, if you do it right, you can definitely uh, lose weight with fasting. Uh, the reason this happens is fasting helps to increase sensitivity of what we call insulin, leptin. Uh, it helps to normalize uh, a hormone called ghrelin, which is a hunger hormone. Leptin is a hormone associated with satiation and satiety. Insulin is a very important hormone for getting the glucose out of your blood and into cells and tissue. So without getting very complicated, just think of it as when you refrain from food, these hormones become more effective and it becomes easier to lose weight. Another big reason for why fasting can facilitate uh, weight loss is your body shifts from using glucose as its primary fuel to using fat stores as its primary fuels, and, and that can help to lose weight. Now, I mentioned all of these effects with respect to insulin, leptin, and ghrelin also help with blood sugar control and for diabetics. Now, if you are diabetic, obviously you need to consult with your doctor before undergoing a fasting regime, uh, because some people cannot handle fasting, some people can but you would need to check uh, with your doctor before doing so. But, but you should know that there are a number of studies that fasting can be beneficial for diabetics. Another significant benefit of fasting is that it reduces uh, what we call chronic inflammation and oxidative stress. Uh, many of our listeners may know that chronic inflammation is associated with so many diseases 
as is uh, oxidative stress or what we call free radical damage. Fasting has been shown in many different studies to decrease uh, what we call inflammatory markers like CRP, interleukins, TNF, BDNF. Uh, those are all things associated with inflammation. I mentioned the heart on this particular slide in particular because when you decrease systemic inflammation, that benefits your heart health as well. Uh, so they have done a number of different studies with fasting that it can help to lower your uh, bad LDL cholesterol, it can lower your triglycerides, it can actually raise your HDL, which is your good cholesterol that cleans your arteries out. So again, this is a huge benefit. Another benefit of fasting is that it can improve your cognitive skills and brain function. Who wouldn't want to have that, right? We all, we all could use more uh, or better focus. Uh, they, researchers think that this is primarily due to increased levels of ketones, uh, and that happens as a result of using fat uh, as your main source of fuel instead of carbohydrates. Uh, some people think it's related to decreased levels of inflammation. Uh, another highly studied benefit of fasting uh, is extended life expectancy. Obviously, our lifespan is in the hands of Allah, but there are definitely research studies that fasting and calorie restriction is one of the best ways to extend the lifespan of a human being. And they think this is due to many different reasons, but it's, it could be due to calorie restriction, it could be due to normalized insulin levels, decreased chronic inflammation, better weight control. Um, some think it's related to increased production of HGH, which is human growth hormone, as well as DHEA. But regardless, uh, this is again a very important benefit. There are many other benefits. I don't have time to go into them all right now, but I wanted our listeners to at least have an idea of some of the benefits. Now, getting into the crux of the topic, how do we maximize these particular benefits in Ramadan? So the first suggestion, brothers and sisters, and this is probably the most important one, uh, is to eat in moderation. Moderation, moderation, moderation. If you only get one thing out of this presentation, then let it be that. Most of us eat too much in Ramadan. Uh, on the flip side, you know, Allah has reminded us in the Quran, uh, in, uh, in uh, I can't remember the surah, but I have the verse in front of me. And the verse says, and eat and drink, but waste not in extravagance. Certainly Allah likes not those who waste in extravagance. وَكُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا وَلَا تُسْرِفُوا إِنَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُسْرِفِينَ So again, we, we are encouraged to eat and drink, but not in extravagance. Similarly, there are related ahadith. Uh, for example, in Bukhari, it's mentioned that the food of two persons is sufficient for three, and the food of three persons is sufficient for four. The Prophet ﷺ also said in a famous hadith that it will be sufficient for the son of Adam to satisfy his hunger with a few bites to strengthen his backbone. If he must eat his fill, then he should allow for one-third for food, one-third for water, and one-third for air. Now, a lot of us have heard these ahadith, but, you know, it's really start, it's time to start implementing these. So I want our, everybody uh, listening to at least ask ourselves an honest question, and that is, do I really lose weight in Ramadan or not? Do I lose weight in Ramadan or not? This is an important question. 
If you don't lose weight, then there's probably something wrong. Uh, I do realize there are some diseases and metabolic disorders that can prevent you from losing weight, but the general rule is uh, you should be losing at least some weight. There are studies that have been done in some Muslim countries that an average Muslim should lose at least around three pounds on average, if not more. Uh, but keep in mind that the Prophet ate very simply uh, and ate in almost extreme moderation. There were authentic narrations that sometimes he only had dates and water, sometimes milk to break his fast. Uh, at other times we know he ate a little more than that. He ate very simple food like certain vegetables, fruit, olives, dates, honey. He only occasionally ate meat. That's another uh, significant point uh, or a sunnah that we usually neglect. Uh, but keep in mind, uh, there's an important hadith mentioned in Bukhari again that says, the family of the Prophet did not eat their fill for three consecutive days until he died. SubhanAllah, you know, where, where are we and where was he? Right. So, but at least get the point that uh, we need to really curtail how much we eat in Ramadan. A second very important point relates to eating from what is called the Tayyib. So Allah reminds us in Surah Baqarah, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu kulu min tayyibati ma razaqnaakum washkuru lillah. O believers, eat of the good and pure that we have provided to you and be grateful to Allah if you truly worship Him. So tayyib is a very important concept in the Quran. It's mentioned repeatedly. It's mentioned in the Sunnah as well. So keep in mind that Allah is telling us not just to eat what is halal, but also to eat what is tayyib. So tayyib is often translated as what is good or pure, but it has other connotations as well. It relates to what is clean, natural, wholesome, excellent, lawful, and fair. Uh, so the reason I mention this is, uh, and this concept is so important that the Prophet ﷺ reminded us of this when he said, O oh people, Allah is tayyib and he only accepts what is tayyib. So don't think of this as something that's not important. It shouldn't be belittled at all. Tayyib is a very important concept. I'm not here to make any fatwas regarding it or anything, but I, I want us to ponder what we are putting into our bodies. It shouldn't just be halal, but it should be tayyib. So we should ask ourselves questions like, you know, is a Snickers bar tayyib? <laughs> is Coca-Cola tayyib? Are hot dogs tayyib? Uh, we should ask ourselves that honestly. Uh, you know, what about foods that have synthetic chemicals like artificial sweeteners or artificial colors or preservatives? Are those tayyib? Are genetically engineered foods tayyib? Again, I don't want to go off on a, a big tangent on this, but the point is, brothers and sisters, we have to really think and ponder what we put into our bodies, and we should try to be eating uh, as pure and natural food as possible. Uh, the third point I wanted to make is that uh, in order to maximize health benefits, we have to make good choices in what we eat. And this relates to what I just said, but let's try to elaborate a little bit further. Uh, if we go to this next slide, there are some general considerations mentioned on this slide, and then I'll later get into some specific 
uh, meal plans or foods. Uh, but keep in mind, uh, this, this first part of the slide says, you know, things that we should avoid, right? The parts that are not comfortable for us, but we have to talk about it. We need to be av avoiding fried and fatty foods. These generate high levels of what we call trans fatty acids, which are very harmful for the body. Eating foods containing too much sugar or simple carbohydrates like white bread, white pasta, white rice, donuts, cakes, cookies, and, and the like. Sugars raise your blood sugar very quickly, but then you typically get an insulin spike in your body, followed by a crash. You know, sugar also inherently and by definition increases inflammation in the body. So again, it's not something we should be doing. I know some of you are thinking, you know, what about my samosas and my sambosak and my pakoras and my jalebi and my donuts and so forth. Uh, you know, it's not the end of the world if you occasionally have those, but uh, keep in mind this presentation is about maximizing the health benefits of fasting. And if you truly want to maximize those benefits, then it's going to be better to avoid all of those things. What should we be eating? We should be eating healthy proteins, high fiber foods, complex carbohydrates, certain healthy fats to get a balanced meal. Again, we'll go into some specifics on the next slide, but uh, I mentioned or noted here that, uh, you know, some people have this notion that all fats are inherently bad or evil. That is not the case. There are healthy fats like olive oil, coconut oil, the fat found in avocados. Uh, they've done a lot of research now that even moderate levels of butter or ghee are actually beneficial for the body. Uh, so again, you want to eat foods that are digested slowly so that you can get sustained nutrition throughout the day. Uh, what about what we should drink? You know, obviously we should drink as much water as possible between iftar and suhoor so that we can adjust our fluid levels. Getting sufficient fluid intake is very important to minimize risk for constipation, muscle cramping. Some people get low blood pressure or headaches. So adjusting fluid levels helps with each of those conditions. Uh, you know, there are general recommendations for healthy adults that they should get somewhere around six to eight cups of water per day. But the recommendations do vary substantially from person to person based on their age, health, uh, activity level, climate, and so forth. Uh, you can have some fresh squeezed juices uh, if, if you like. Uh, it's better to avoid the, the commercial juices, certainly better to avoid sodas. You could have some green tea. Uh, if you have black tea, then you may want to watch how much caffeine you intake. Caffeine is a diuretic, so it makes you urinate more. Um, there are some people who get what's called rebound headaches uh, from consuming too much caffeine. Uh, that's why some of our listeners may uh, know that they get headaches in the first few days of Ramadan, and that's typically uh, due to withdrawal from caffeine and or sugar. So again, these are certain things that we have to, to watch. Let's move to the next slide where there are some meal plans with specific foods that are mentioned. Uh, in, in this particular slide, uh, there are several different foods. Uh, one of them relates to, uh, sorry, I jumped ahead. Uh, you know, at Maghrib time, we should be eating 
dates uh, per the sunnah, drinking water. Uh, you could add certain fruits. Those will obviously help to raise your blood sugar level. Obviously, with fasting, your blood sugar levels drop significantly, so you want to get that up quickly and in a healthy way. Dates are a very good source of uh, fiber as well as protein, uh, as well as magnesium. Uh, so again, you want to start with that. And again, pray the sunnah, start light, pray your maghrib salah, and then move into your uh, iftar dinner. So some of the foods I mentioned on there, again, these are just examples, uh, chicken with brown rice, uh, salad, lentil soups. I mentioned fish, I mentioned uh, whole grain, ideally organic bread, steamed vegetables. I mentioned lamb, quinoa, couscous, hummus, olive oil, soups. All of these are healthy options uh, that we can partake in, inshallah. Uh, obviously, you can modify these recommendations based on your uh, particular favorite ethnic foods. But uh, let's move to the next slide, which relates to uh, sahur options. Uh, for sahur, again, you want to have certain healthy sources of protein, ideally some high fiber foods as well as vegetables or fruit. Uh, I mentioned uh, eggs are usually a healthy option some vegetables, you could have some whole grain or multigrain bread, uh, having some oatmeal uh, with honey or certain nuts or fruits is another good option, as is yogurt. I do also mention smoothies. Smoothies are a, a good thing that you can make at home. Um, it's a good family activity too. You could incorporate certain greens like spinach or kale or chard. You could add certain fruits like bananas or others. Uh, you can add it within uh, cow's milk or if you can't handle cow's milk, then coconut milk or almond milk. So again, this is another very healthy option in sahur time. On this particular slide, I also mention uh, some snacks. Uh, these are not meant for sahur time, but the reason I mention the snacks is, you know, many people out there end up having three whole meals between iftar and sahur. They typically have another meal like after taraweeh. You know, again, if you're doing that, then uh, it's really hard to maximize the health benefits in this month. So it's one thing if you have a, a healthy snack, and I mentioned a few options on the slide, you know, at, at night, but you really should not be having, you know, three meals uh, in Ramadan each night. So uh, let's go to the next slide. Uh, on this one, uh, this is a slide I added in that's certainly relevant to our times. Everyone's going through a stressful period with this pandemic. So the least I thought I could do is add a, a few tips regarding some simple things that most people have at our homes to boost our immune systems. Uh, the first thing I mentioned on there is black seed, uh, as well as black seed oil, garlic, ginger. These are all things that are extremely well studied. Uh, you know, so, you know, I've met a few people who think that black seed uh, is something that was just for the Prophet Sallallahu time and not for us now. That is not true. There are literally thousands of studies done on black seed as well as black seed oil and its benefits. It does have antiviral properties. It has antibacterial properties, as do garlic and ginger. I've also mentioned uh, some foods that are high in vitamin C as well as zinc and vitamin D. I mentioned those in particular because vitamin C 
Vitamin D and zinc are particularly involved in the response against viruses. Uh, so they're very relevant right now. So definitely try to incorporate some of those in your diet as well. Uh, moving on, if we uh, get to the next point, uh, which relates to how we can maximize health benefits during this month, it's the fourth suggestion, and that is to get some moderate level of exercise. I know everyone is thinking, you know, how do I have time uh, to exercise during this month? But, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, think about the fact that the Prophet وسلم, as well as the companions, fought a whole battle in the middle of the desert during Ramadan. So we need to think about what we are capable of as well. We don't have to do that much, but at the very least, we could engage in walking either outside or on a treadmill, you know, before iftar or sometime in the evening. Uh, I know some young people engage in exercise uh, late at night because they're up a lot. Uh, so it is uh, certainly okay to have some moderate exercise, stretching, and most healthy people are capable of it. If you have certain health conditions that would prevent you, then obviously you would need to take that into consideration. Another fifth suggestion I made on here regarding maximizing health benefits is to quit any bad habits that we may have, uh, like smoking. Some people are into vaping nowadays or smoking hookah. These are all uh, habits that definitely are not beneficial for the body. So what better time than Ramadan to try to quit those. If you can quit them for 15 or 16 hours, you can certainly try uh, to eliminate them completely. The fact is that Allah has given us our health as an amana, so we should do anything and everything that we can to try to guard and protect this amana. Uh, I mentioned on here also consuming too much sugar and caffeine. Obviously, uh, uh, those are things that are not forbidden, uh, and you can consume those in, in uh, low amounts. But I mention those because they are bad habits that, if taken uh, too much, can certainly be very harmful for the body. So again, Ramadan is an excellent time to try to cut those out if you can. A uh, sixth uh, suggestion pertains to uh, the... Uh, sunnah of hijama, and uh, some of our listeners may be familiar with hijama, some of them may not be, but keep in mind that uh, hijama is a confirmed sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's even to the extent that we know that when he went on the Isra and Mi'raj, uh, authentic narrations say that every single angel he met told him to tell his ummah to do hijama. So subhanAllah, it's, it's something that's uh, an amazing sunnah. Hijama is a method of detoxifying the blood that has many different health benefits. Uh, the fact is we're bombarded with thousands of chemicals through our food and environment and all the household substances that we use. So doing a type of detox periodically for the body is very useful. And so some people engage in this type of hijama detoxification during Ramadan, some do it after. Uh, it is known, and this is mentioned in uh, Sahih Bukhari also, that the Prophet ﷺ did do hijama while fasting. Uh, but at the same time, we know from other ahadith that he 
uh, forbade some companions from doing hijama while fasting, and the scholars say that he uh, prevented some of them from doing it because some of them had weaker health, and so he was concerned that it would weaken them too much. So again, this is uh, something that's uh, for the individual. If you're comfortable and you're healthy and you're able to do it, then by all means do it. Otherwise, if you're not sure, then you should definitely consult your doctor to see if it would be appropriate or not. Uh, a final suggestion uh, relates to continuing fasting after Ramadan. Just like we know that the spiritual benefits of Ramadan are best achieved if we continue to fast periodically after Ramadan, similarly the health benefits will continue to accrue and accumulate if we do periodic fasting after Ramadan. So uh, we know about the Sunnah days of the Ayyam al or the white days of the 13th, 14th and 15th of the month. We know about Mondays and Thursdays. So those are certainly excellent days to do fasting. Uh, another thing that I myself do, and I mentioned this at the beginning of the presentation, is what we call intermittent fasting. And a very simple way to do this uh, is let's say you stop eating around 7 or 8 p.m. Uh, you basically don't eat again until around noon the next day. So that would give you approximately 16 hours without food. And this is a simple thing that's relatively easy to do because you're sleeping at night and is again still very beneficial for health. So that's something that I myself follow uh, even in months outside of Ramadan. So uh, just to recap, let me put up a, a final slide uh, that kind of summarizes some of the points that we spoke about. Number one, we said eat in moderation, moderation, moderation. We talked about eating from not only what is halal, but what is tayyib, what is good and pure and clean and natural. Uh, we said to make healthy food choices as much, much as possible with respect to iftar and suhoor and in between. We discussed some of the uh, sample meal plans. Uh, we said to continue to try to get some moderate exercise. We said to try to cut out bad habits like smoking and vaping and hookah and so forth. I mentioned the sunnah of hijama, uh, which again is a type of detoxification. You could do that either during Ramadan or after Ramadan. And last but not least, we said to continue intermittent fasting. Uh, I have benefited from these suggestions. Uh, if you have any other questions, I guess you could direct them uh, uh, by email to the Epic Management and they could forward them to me. Uh, may Allah again give us all the ability to maximize both the spiritual and the health benefits uh, of Ramadan in these remaining days. Barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن هدى للناس وبينات من الهدى والفرقان فمن شهد منكم الشهر فليصمه ومن كان مريضا أو على سفر فعدة من أيام أخر 
يريد الله بكم اليسر ولا يريد بكم العسر ولتكملوا العدة ولتكبروا الله على ما هداكم ولعلكم تشكرون